Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Yeah, I got me a drink too. Okay, I think that's live. We're recording here. Nancy, thank you for being here. How you doing? Great. How are you? Doing good for a Tuesday. Um, and I feel like I want to start this. I, I was what little about I know about you. I was really fascinated about about what I've read on you, and I was like, oh, I got to get her on here and talk to her. But and I hate to start the podcast off this way because I feel like you probably answered this question a thousand times. But you know, what was first off? You know, you just wrote bigger, better, brave, right? Bigger, better, braver. Braver, yeah. So what was the, we can start this here. What was the motivation behind that? And just kind of give a sense of all the people, give a little background for yourself. Um, Okay, so I'm a master life coach. And when I was 61, I went and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And I thought that, you know, that would be a great title for a book on what's your Kilimanjaro? You know, what do you want to do in your life that's outside your comfort zone? Sure. Whether it's climbing 19,000 feet or it's getting a new job or getting in a relationship or getting out of a relationship or losing 50 pounds, whatever it is you've always wanted to do and you haven't done. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what I help coach people in. So I wanted, but not everybody can afford a coach. So um, I wanted to offer a step-by-step how to do that, you know, how to uncover your vision and get all of those disempowering beliefs that are stuck in your 
subconscious from your childhood that are actually keeping you from living that bigger, better, braver life. And so my book is really what I do with my clients. It's step-by-step and people can start with my book and they may be able to do it all on their own, or they may say, oh, this is exactly what I need, but I need more of it. I can't really do it on my own. So um, it's a great first place to start. And I didn't name it What's Your Kilimanjaro because I realized <laughs> nobody's going to read that book unless they want to climb Kilimanjaro. Sure, so sure. Bigger, Better, Braver, I couldn't come up with a title. And Bigger, Better, Braver was a download that came at two o'clock in the morning. And I sat up in bed and said, oh, my God, Bigger, Better, Braver. And that was <laughs> that was it. I knew it was right because it wasn't mine. It like came to me and nice. I was happy to use it. So, so let's take it back. Have you always kind of had this mindset or is this, this kind of came to you when you got a little bit later in life? Or well, you- that's a great question because I've always, I guess I've always, I've always had a growth mindset. Good. I've always been a powerful woman. You know, I owned a personal training gym for 16 years, but honestly, I always thought I was that powerful because I was half of a whole. I was married for 26 years and I thought that, yes, I could do great things, but that it's only because I had the support Mm -hmm. of my other half. And that actually was the biggest lesson for me to learn. Instead of being other referenced and only seeing myself as through the eyes of how my husband saw me or thinking that all my power came from, you know, how like Samson's power comes from his hair. I used to think my power came because I was part of a whole. And the truth is I'm whole by myself. And that was the biggest learning for me. And once I actually really learned that, then there's no stopping me because I am whole. I can do anything. So if I'm responsible for my life and every choice matters and I'm the one in control, then that's the good news because I know I can count on me. I like that. Yeah, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my mindset is that, and you know, I don't know if you want to say it's trust issues or just the way I grew up, but I've always thought that if I can count on myself and do most things for myself, and then that makes me feel you know, kind of powerful and kind of better, like what you're saying as a whole, rather than having to re- always rely on, you know, a backup or a safety net, so to speak, in which yeah. I'm not, I'm not advocating that's wrong or anything, but, um, you know, I've had some people say the reasons they've taken chances in life is just because they had that safety net or somebody there to support them. But I've always yeah. felt better. I've always felt better as, you know, doing my own thing, kind of what you're saying. Yeah. And I always felt better being half of a whole. Yeah, You know, and so actually for me, that comes down to a childhood um, shadow belief that I never knew I had until I was 50 was that I wasn't safe alone. And so because I had that belief, then I never felt I never felt safe without a partner. So I've I've had a partner since I was 13, you know, one partner after another. Um, I was a long term serial relationship person. Once I uncovered and unpacked that shadow belief, then I was, I knew I was safe alone and therefore I learned to be whole alone. Why do you think that, you know, I've always thought that 
like exactly what you're saying, but why do so many people want that support leg or support system that they're just scared to take a chance or do something by themselves? Is it kind of what you said that it's that shadow belief or, or is it part of society telling you that or what? Yeah. Most clients that I have that don't feel safe alone had something happen. Like mine was that I, I was playing with a lighter when I was five years old and I put myself on fire. So for a five-year-old little girl who put herself on fire, the belief that you're not safe alone was true. Sure. So I internalized that. I didn't know I had that, but it ruled my operating system. Every choice I made was to be the best girlfriend and the best female friend and like people pleaser and overdoer so that I would never have to be alone. I would be indispensable and people would want to be around me. I had a client whose father came yelling at her when she was a little girl that if she didn't stop crying, like now you put the kid to bed, they don't go to bed, they come out, they go back, they come out, they go back. He said, if you come out of the room one more time, I'm going to lock you in the basement. Hmm. Damn. So she totally grew up feeling not safe alone. I agree. And yeah. And so millions of people have millions of different events that have happened that actually create these shadow beliefs that they're not even aware of. They're formed to keep you safe, but as you get older, they actually stop keeping you safe and they keep you small. Mm. Yeah, and just, I feel like with the, I already know the answer if this is a question or not or a statement, but with that added, added pressure you had on you to try to be the best girlfriend and best person and a people pleaser, that just created more stress on yourself and anxiety and it's caused you probably go down to have like any negative behavioral patterns, you think? At that time, uh, no, no, I actually, hmm. or did you overcome those and just knew that I just, it just made me like, really people liked me. I was, you know, um, I was the best girlfriend and all those things. Um, it, but it took away me really knowing what I wanted for me, making myself a priority, probably having, the, the healthy boundaries that I have now on self-care and self putting myself first and all of those things that I do now, I did not do when I was married. You know, I put my husband on a pedestal and there he sat for 26 years. Um, and now I don't do that anymore. Like, so fortunately or unfortunately, my partner now doesn't have, he's not on a pedestal. <laughs> no, he's right down on the ground next to me. So um, I think that it worked until it stopped working. So it worked. I was married 26 years. And when that marriage fell apart, I fell apart and I probably fell apart deeper and harder than other people because of that shadow belief that I wasn't even aware of. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume so. If you kept that within you so far and for so long that, yeah, you would fall apart harder. Just, yeah. It makes more sense. I guess that's what I was kind of thinking that, you know, with that added pressure onto yourself, you would just fall as like basically what you said, fall as hard as you could, just trying to always be the best at X, Y, and Z. Yeah. 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 And I mean, did you feel like you were, you were on, you know, I feel like I say this a lot on here, but you were just kind of going down the same road too at the same time. Like you you know, you're going down and five years happens to fly by, then it's 10 years and you never really sit back and look and see what, you know, ask any questions about how you were feeling at the time or what was going on around yeah, you. Yeah, was I on autopilot? Was I that's, that's a good way to put it, yeah. Um, 
Well, I have to say I was really happily married for 26 years. I was doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. And I can also say I would never be a master coach with an internationally best-selling book if I was still married. So my original dream for what my life would look like was being married with children and making my own career a backseat to it. And I was fine with that because that was my childhood vision for myself. I didn't see bigger than that. I didn't want bigger than that. I can't even blame my ex-husband. I was living the life I wanted to live. But um, now that's not enough for me. Now I actually love what I'm doing. I don't need somebody 24-7 in my life, even though I enjoy having you know, a, a serious relationship. I also now really appreciate my alone time. So I'm just a very different person. And my goals and my vision are different than what they were when I was a child. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just with life, you know, your morals, your values change over time. You, you know, in being alone with a lot of people I've interviewed or chatted with on here that being alone, you learn a lot about yourself and that you learn what you like, what you don't like, you know, life experiences is bringing you, you know, certain green lights that you take opportunities on and, you know, and you learn whether if it was a good one or a bad one. And you, like I said, you learn from your mistakes and a lot, like I guess what I was saying was that so many people were so nervous about those being alone and finding more about themselves that, you know, if you take a minute and do that and it becomes more powerful, you know, and learn to take a journey by yourself. Yeah. I think that people are afraid to be alone. I think they're afraid to give up what they have, even though it's not good for fear of the unknown. I think that people live in their fears and think that other people are fearless and that when they get to a fearless state, they'll be able to make changes in their life instead of realizing that nobody lives in a fearless state and you have to learn to embrace your fear, take it with you and take action steps anyway. And so people who live in their fears have not taught themselves that they're capable of moving outside their comfort zone. And that's where the work is. The work is learning to trust that the universe has your back. And so if you fall or you fail, you fail forward, you fall forward. It's for you, it's not, it's not happening to you. You can learn from those failures so that the next time you may be more successful and maybe the next time you're gonna fall again. Mm-hmm. But eventually, if you stay in the game and you learn to trust yourself and you take small, actionable steps one by one by one, you're going to get out of the rut and the safety net that you've been living in. And you're going to be so much happier and prouder of yourself because competence creates confidence. Well, I love that saying. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And um, and the only way to become competent is to try and if you fall, get up, lick your wounds and go again. Is that what people just want to do is to stay in autopilot because it's easy instead of, you know, because nobody, nobody wants to fall or fail, you know, right. I'm, I mean, I'm right there with them. I mean, but, and I'm just, I'm loving what you're saying because that's what I do. I learn from my mistakes. You know, I'm not afraid to fail. And that's what most successful people in any area or industry, they, keep grinding and stay to the game, like you said, but is that just people just don't want to look like a loser? They just don't want to feel bad about themselves. So they just stay. Yeah. yeah. Or they'll, they'll have the belief that if I try and fail, it will hurt too much. 
Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, doesn't it hurt not trying? Doesn't that actually hurt more? And so I think people, there's two points to what you asked me. I think people are on autopilot because there's such a thing as autopilot. Like we go along, we're busy in our day, we are married or we're, you know, we're working our butts off, whatever we're doing, we're doing day after day after day and we never stop and think, wow, am I happy? Is this what I want? Um, am I am I living up to my expectations for myself? Mm-hmm. What are my expectations for myself? What is my vision for myself? How do I, you know, am I really happy? Like, you know, recently um, I was getting certified in, in, in another course. And one of the questions was, what do you never, what is the thing you don't really tell yourself? You know, what's the truth you don't actually admit to? And I thought, well, I guess it's that I'm not actually as happy as I could be, or I'm not always as happy as I could be. And, and the, the reason why I like that, and I even admit that on, you know, this podcast, is that I don't think anybody's as happy as they think they are, or they would like to be. I think happiness comes and goes. And some days you're really happy and some days you're not. Mm -hmm. And if you think you're always going to be happy or that everyone else is always, always happy, then you're, you're looking at too much social media because you're looking at everybody's perfect moments and you're judging your worst moments by their best moments. Yep. I agree. So it was a real, it was like, I didn't mind admitting that to myself because it's sort of true. And so then it's a chance to say, all right, well, if you're not as happy as you want to be, what could you do differently? Mm -hmm. And where do you think you're not as happy? Like I talk about people's internal flame, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how high is your flame today? You know, which is your joie de vie. It's your living big. It's being happy. It's being motivated. It's being energized on a scale of one to 10. How high is it today? And what raises it and what lowers it? So that's a great tool to stay out of autopilot. Hmm, Let's see. Every time I talk to this person, I feel like crap. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Stop Stop talking to that person all the time. Or every time I talk to this person, I feel amazing. Do more of that. So to be out of autopilot, check in with yourself and see where your internal flame is today and what can you do to make it higher and what can you do that's what can you stop doing that's making it lower yeah yeah i agree there's a lot of fake and i'll say air quotes fake happiness out there just with social media and you know who's at roosevelt said comparisons a thief of joy so if you're getting on instagram and facebook and find out you're feeling you know for lack of a better word shittier than like what you just said then you probably should cut it out of your life a little bit And I think there's something to it that where people think they have to be, you know, like some people walk around and say, oh, I'm at an eight all day. And then when I get home, I'm living at a 10 and I'm having, it's like, well, that's not everybody. And you got to find your likes and dislikes and find like, Hey, what is your, like you said, your internal flame and how high you want to be. And, but, and sometimes when I start talking and get on here and it's like talking with people like, like-minded like yourself, that I make things seem easier than what they are as far as cutting toxic people out of your life or, mm-hmm. you know, going down or cutting out a negative behavioral 
habit of some pattern, sort. Yeah. Yeah. And just that, I mean, it can be done. You just got to be willing to do the work and willing to yeah. say, Hey, I want to make a change. But yeah, like I said, I think, you know, unless you have, you change that mindset, how you view things, how you look at life. It's, you know, for example, it's one of those things that were, you know, when I'm doing my workouts and stuff for CrossFit that, you know, people will, it's like, oh, you know, if I had a shitty day, it's like, oh, you're going to go work out. It's like, yeah, it makes me feel good. I get to go do this stuff instead of like, well, I have to go work out. But just right. like that one little word change is yeah. the world yeah. of difference. Yeah. I, I personally am an endorphin junkie. So I have to work out. It's just that's that gives me my my high and my I have to be outside every single day in nature, like every single day I'm hiking, I'm skiing, I'm biking. It's just, I'm pickleballing. It's, nice. just, it's just what I'm doing. And without that, I would not be as happy as I am that I can tell you, but you said something a minute ago. I wanted to go back to, Oh yeah. So I don't love cutting people out of my life, but I also don't want toxic people in my life. And so, but cutting people out of, your life for me personally, it feels like an incompletion. It feels like something that's dragging me down. So I take people that I don't really want to be as close to or that don't make me feel good. And I sort of like, maybe they used to be allowed to be like sitting next to me on my couch, but now they're on my front porch. Right, you know, right. now they're not, I, I just I don't cut them out because I don't ever want to like bump into somebody or find out something tragic happened or something amazing happened. And I couldn't call on them and say, hey, that's great. Or, oh, I, I, you know, I'm sad for you, whatever. I, I don't want to cut people out, but I also am happy to move them out of my inner circle. Yeah. And sometimes I'll even tell them that they're out of my inner circle. Good. You know, like I'll say, listen, you know, I, I'm just getting a lot of negative energy. I don't feel good after conversations. And I feel like I don't want to take a break, but I'm backing off because the way our relationship is doesn't make me feel really good. Yeah. That, I mean, and that's great. A great way to put it instead of because it's like I said, talk about doing things easier said than done. I mean, if you have a family member or somebody really close to you, like I do, it's you can't just say, you know, see you, get out of here, you're out of my life forever. Especially, you know, they're close to you. But as far as you know the boundaries, like you said, hey, instead of on a couch, you're out on the front porch. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a hard lesson to learn, but you got to do it. Yeah, and even yeah. have those tough conversations, like you said, would be extremely hard. Just for you know, saying, hey, I, I don't feel good when I talk to you. You know. Yeah. And maybe sometimes, you know, I, I've had a friend before that I've actually said it to her that uh, you you can't be one of my best friends anymore because the way you treat me or the way you don't show up or you ghost and you come back and all of that, I, I can't handle that. It's not a friendship. And it's not. It doesn't work for me. So I'm not saying we're not friends anymore, but I do want you to know I don't count you as one of my closest friends anymore. And then they'll be like, oh, no, no, wait, wait, you know, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> and they'll make some changes. And so that's OK. And if they make changes and I feel better, I'm OK with it. Sure. Or they may say, OK, fine, let's, you know, let's just agree to agree to disagree. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is it tough having like when the first time you had one of those conversations? Would you do you have to build up the courage to do that? And you know, because I, I don't I don't like having a confrontation, yeah. but I've had to make myself learn too with my line of work and things. I have to build up and say, hey, if you want to succeed or do this and make a change, you've got to do it in life. I mean, yeah, it's not. You don't want to be a monster, but you have to do it. Right? I mean, nobody likes confrontation, but I will say this about confrontation because I feel like anybody who's listening, who says, um, oh, I'm, I'm conflict averse or I'm a conflict avoidant. I want you to know that being a conflict, being conflict avoidant causes conflict. Interesting. Definitely causes conflict. So if you're a person who just stuffs it all down and doesn't say what's on your mind, it's like a beach ball that you're trying to push under the water and you push it and you push it and you push it and all kind of comes flying out sideways. That's what happens with conflict avoiders. They don't say what's on their mind. They don't say what's on their mind. And then all of a sudden, totally inappropriately for the situation they blow up yep and you're like seen it whoa where'd that come from like i don't even know what that's all about and it's it has nothing to do with that moment and so conflict avoiders it's not a good thing you're causing conflict nobody likes to cause conflict but Nobody and nobody wants that, but you have to be willing to set healthy boundaries and have self care and care enough about have enough self worth that you will ask for what you need and you will state it because people are not mind readers. So you might think, oh, if he really loved me, he'd know what I'm talking about. Well, Mm. you know, first of all, don't work like that. No offense to men, but no. men are not mind readers. <laughs> at all. And not that women are, but men definitely are not. Sure. And so women out there, stop thinking that your man should know what you need because they don't. And if you need something or want something, get real with yourself first. See what you need. Let yourself know what you need and then ask for it. I, I, I'm a boundary coach. So I work with people to set healthy boundaries in a really healthy way. Ask for what you want and make it about you and not the other person. I feel X when you do Y, would you be willing to do Z? You know, I feel respected when you leave the clothes on the floor, would you be willing to put them in the hamper? Or I feel really sad when you go 24 hours and you don't check in with me. Would you be willing to just check in with me? These are very easy requests if you ask for them versus sit back and think oh my god he didn't call me today and I'm so mad and you know and then that just you know it it eats up inside of you and then you don't say anything and something else happens and I know women are really good at like they get into a fight and all of a sudden everything that ever happened comes every grievance that they've been holding about that man comes out right they're like they've got a laundry list and all you did was one little thing but that whole laundry list comes up uh, a couple of points and i hope i remember them but yeah the first one that i was just you know generally speaking about guys i've talked on here before that growing up that's kind of just 
was the norm or the narrative was that, you know, if you were upset about something or something was pissing you off, it's just, oh, you just shove it down, put it inside you and don't worry about it going about your life and don't really explain or, you know, uh, externalize your feelings. And yeah. And I remember when I, even when I was little, I would have these, like, I don't want to say a, a temper tantrum, but just go off the wall on something that was so little. And it was just because other stuff was bugging me that right. I thought about it. And thus that, you know, it was one of those things that, hey, it's okay to, you know, talk about things and bring them up and, you know, get your feelings out there if you're feeling that sort of way. But, and also that, you know, and kind of, I'm no, I'm, I've never been married. I mean, I got my single dad of two kids or uh, two dogs and, um, what kind of dogs? Two wiener dogs. Sometimes I jump in the camera over here. I don't know if you can see them, but mine's in the other room. So. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, what I was going to say was that, uh, in my latest relationship, that it seemed like the communi- communication, is what broke down the relationship is that, you know, when I would ask her about feelings and stuff or what was going on, like if something pissed her off that I did, that it never was brought to the table and it was never, you know, resolved. And that just, like you were saying, it caused more conflict. Right. And it sucked. And it was just because it was such little things that could have been easily done or easily changed in my opinion. So, and you know, in my philosophy of on relationships, it seems like financial reasons and like communication seems to be the biggest Issues that I've, that I've yeah. seen. That's I, just me talking off, talking off the top of my head here. You know, I'm yeah, not- no, no, no. I mean, I think finance is big, and I think um, being in alignment with energy and like, you know, if one of you's got a fixed mindset and the other's got a growth mindset, that's actually not going to work either. And um, I think when you're looking for a partner, you should first become the partner that you want to attract, mm. you know, work. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park on you do the inner work if you want somebody who's got high moral values have high moral values if you want somebody who's health-minded and wants and needs you want a partner that like loves athletics and wants to work out become somebody who does those things like you know you have to be the person you want to attract and then you know you'll manifest and call that in but it's inner work it's inner work first and yes i really think that um Communication is difficult. Learning to be the observer instead of the reactor is the best thing you can do in a relationship because then you don't just, you know, when something happens in a relationship, you're both going at it from the wounded child. Your wounded child and her wounded child are going at it and the two adults aren't even in the room. So if you can back off 
and say, wow, he just really pissed the shit out of me. Right. (laughs) And why do I think that is like, what did he say? What did he do? What wound in me did he trigger? Did he just make me feel unworthy? Did he make me feel like he cut me down? Did he make me feel afraid? What did he do? What's the work here? And when you just do that work, what happens is that now you're the observer. You're not the person in the pit. You're the person out here looking in. And then you can come up with, well, why, what, what was behind it? Like, what could he have been thinking? Or, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll say something and my boyfriend will respond. And I, my first response is, oh boy, I just pissed him off. Like I triggered him, yep. right? So what did I say that triggered him? Did I make him feel unworthy? Did I make him feel like I was once again criticizing him? You know, like what, you know, when you start to just work on what's going on, then you can respond differently. And you can even say, listen, I I think I triggered you. You know, I'm really sorry if I triggered you. What, What did I say that got you so upset? Or how are you interpreting that? Or... This is how, you know, you can say to somebody, this is what I saw. And the story I made about it is, you know, that you don't love me or you're disrespectful. Or when you say it like that, this is the story I I tell myself. You're already admitting that it's just a story. You're not calling the person out. You're saying, this is how I, this is what my brain was saying. You know, and so you, there's a there's a whole way to communicate without just making you right and the other person wrong. And that's the tough part about being in a relationship is learning to have healthy disagreements and not thinking that just because you're having a disagreement. Oh, the relationship's over. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things I've always seen that with a disagreement. Exactly. Like, oh, this is done. Even no matter how little problem was or how big it is, that that little disagreement, people just think, oh, it's not a healthy relationship. And it's like, hey, we're, we can't work this out. And but it's also one of those things that, you know, people feel like they don't want to be critiqued. Right. They don't want to be told they're doing wrong or feel like, oh, I'm screwing up the relationship. It's always a lot. It's easy to blame others for a lot of your problems. And, so much easier to look yeah. At and I think that's what. A lot of like, a, like you said, if the clothes were left out of the hamper or whatever, like a little problem like that, then you critique somebody on it. it just makes people blow up. Just yeah, it, and it makes it worse. And it was just and and I'm one of these type of people who need conversations like that. You know, hey, if I'm screwing up something, hey, just come, let's go talk about it. You know, and it's kind of like what you were saying either about the or about the earlier about the beach ball. You know, you're just going to cause a bigger headache down the road. And yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you got to have these. You got to have these. You can, yeah, you got to have these conversations. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, they sometimes they suck. Yeah, but if you want to try and you want to get the most out of a relationship, I firmly believe you have to have these good conversations and tough conversations. And they're hard to have. And also, you know, I, I because I'm in this work and I do this all the time, if I want to have a serious conversation with my partner, I'll basically say to him, listen, I want to talk about something. When would be a good time? Yeah. Like I set it up like that. And then even when I do that, sometimes a whole week will go by and he'll never say, oh, this is a good time. And so I have to like, and that's the thing that's so hard is you get up the nerve to say it Mm -hmm. and then you have to do it again. 
because they don't actually follow through. And then he'll be like, oh, well, I forgot. And I'm like, well, I want you to know that from the moment I first said it until now, I haven't let it go. I'm waiting every day for you to say, oh, yeah, this would be a good time. And so when you've got somebody that's a conflict avoider, it's it's hard to get that communication going. And you just have to. So then you actually have to set another boundary and you have to say, listen, if I ask you that I want to talk about somebody and I'm giving you the, the, the choice of saying when you can't let it go. You actually have to come back with a time to me. So you have to, so those are like some rules that you can set up. Those are boundaries that you're setting up, which what's, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, what will work and what won't, what, what I will no longer tolerate and what can I tolerate. And, and, and touching on that, do you think it's part of I'm trying to think of a good way? How do I want to explain this? So I don't screw it up. But if somebody like with the media and how relationships are portrayed in movies and TV and all that. So like, you know, if you're some one's partner says, Hey, we need to talk. It's for example, it's automatically set up as a bad thing. You know, even though it could be just say, hey, I just need to talk about something small, but once they say, Oh, we have, we need to talk. It's instantly like, Oh no, we're breaking up. Something's wrong. Do you think yeah. that's part of it? Is this? Yeah. I think that everybody gets like the deer in the headlamps. And I also think I've had this conversation a lot. I think a big difference between men and women and this is not like trying to bash men or women. It's just a difference okay. is that like men and women will have a really deep, intense relationship conversation. And usually at the end of it, women feel better and they're like, they're ready to get laid. You know, they feel like <laughs> good about yeah. it. And the guy's like, no way I'm exhausted. Like, you know, the guy gets drained and the woman gets energized in those kinds of conversations because the woman gets everything off her mind and then she feels better. Sure. But the guy's like exhausted from the whole, like, well, no. Yeah. I'm usually, I'm definitely, I've been told a hundred percent that I'm, I am my own worst enemy and I agree to a hundred percent of that. And I make, you know, I make up these problems and solutions when I hear like, Oh, we have to have a talk about something or whatever. But it's like, you're saying at the end of it, I f- it's usually not that bad of a, it's just like, Oh, okay. I messed that up. I can, I can change. And then just like you said, it's like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders. It's a whole new energy. And then it, it's just like, Oh, now I'm ready to go again or whatever you want to do. Yeah. I know. I, it's Everyone feels that way. Everybody's first reaction is like the deer in the headlights. Like, sure. Oh no. Sure. But usually you know, I tell my clients to start out by saying, I really love you. I want to stay together. This is not about that. And if you start off with that, then I think the person relaxes because he's like, oh, she's not trying to break up with me, but she just wants to explain something. You know, she just wants to get something off her mind. And then that's okay. So I start out with, listen, honey, I really love you. And for the most part, everything is great. But this is something I want to talk about. Then you've sort of gotten the other person to relax a little. With your clients, I mean, you know, I I think I just touched on that, you know, communication and finance seem to be the biggest issues. Is that what you seem to discover most with your clients and with your... Uh, Communicate. Um, or 
Do you see, is it just no, all mean, over the place? I, my clients are generally, uh, if my younger clients that are in their thirties generally are coming to me because they don't, they're not in a relationship and they want to be in a relationship. Like I have those kind of clients. Oh, okay. Then my older clients that are in their forties, fifties and sixties, it's less about money and it's more about um, lifestyle uh, changes. I want to travel. He doesn't. I, you know, people get really like very codependent instead of recognizing that you can be in partnership and still stand alone. You can be in partnership and still travel with with same sex friends and you can still have other sex friends that, you know, so there are all these things that you can do and you don't have to just be in this one single, you know, tied to the hip. You can't do anything without each other, all of that stuff. I think that's what causes some issues. And I also think that People come to me sometimes when they're very unhappy in their relationship. And by the time we've worked together for a little while, they realize that they're unhappy with themselves. Mm. And we're so busy looking at the other side of the street that we don't do our own work. And we don't really realize that we're unhappy with ourselves, not the other person. Which, and then you can change. And this is sparked in my head with your work. I mean, like I said, I'm 36, single, never been married, no kids. Do you find people around that age group? Because I think people are getting married later in life now. How old are you? 36. Just right. So rather than older groups who've been together for X amount of years, but are you, right. do you notice that or have seen that? That, that people are getting, yeah. yeah getting what happens is that um, in general, certainly women, in their late thirties are feeling the pull to want to have a family and get that moving where men, you know, a 40 year old guy can get married to a 34 year old woman and he's not too old. A 40 year old woman, if she doesn't get cooking and freeze her eggs, she's really uh, missing the boat. So yes, I do think people are older, although my kids, um, my kids are 38 and 42, and both of them are married with children. So it really depends on 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 who. But yeah, I mean, I know a lot of 40-year-olds that are not, not married, and I have 40-year-old. You know, what happens with women is that they get to the early 40s, and they're just, okay, now I'm not having kids. You know, yeah. now that ship has sailed. Where with men, it's not necessarily, you've got a longer ship. <laughs> Definitely. You know, I, it just makes me wonder just because, like you said, that Tom's cooking when for a female that they go and say, hey, I do want to start a family and I do want to be married. And when they get to, I don't know, closer to say on the wrong side of 30, that it's easy for them just to almost, what's the word am I looking for? Just take any relationship that they get just because of not really attracting what they want to put out there. I hope I yeah. said that right. Yeah. So they just take anything they want to get. And it's just, you're almost setting up yourself for a bad relationship off day one, just with that type of mindset or that type of. Yeah. I mean, when somebody comes to me, which I have a lot of clients that come to me because they want to be in a relationship, I actually get them to stop dating, you know, get off all the apps, just give me a month 
you know, give me a month and let's work on you. Because until you work on you, you're going to attract who you were, not who you want to be and not who you want to attract. So I actually help them work on themselves so that when they're ready to do the work, they will attract the right person. You know, a lot of people have shadow beliefs that they're not good enough and they're unworthy. Oh, yeah. And so they they bottom feed. They only they only date unworthy guys because that's all they think they deserve or that's all they think they'll get. So I have to clean that up before I want them back out there dating. I want them to be able to date somebody who equals them. And to get somebody who equals them, they have to become that. Yeah. You know? And so that's where the work is. It's an inner job. And then once you do that work, then I'm all in. And I, you know, I'm really, okay, I want you to talk to three guys on, you know, Match or Tinder or whatever this week and report back and like, you know, don't sleep with them yet. Like I have all kinds of conversations with them. Yes, go ahead. You know, I mean, it's just, it's amazing how people sabotage themselves and they will continue to sabotage themselves because they're so, they're needy and unworthy feeling all at the same time. And so being needy is so unsexy and so unattractive in a man or a woman. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. So you have to work on that. And again, you have to become whole so that you don't exude this neediness. So do you actually promote the date naps to your clients though? Oh, totally. what, What else is there? Well, I mean, I agree. I don't disagree because, but I think a lot of people will, I don't, I, I don't think they've given me much pushback on it, but there's still some people out there who say that, you know, oh, you got to meet a girl the old fashioned way, go to a bar, go to do something, actually meet her in person. But, you know, and I've, you know, I've been, I've done the dating app, so I've done okay on it, but I still think that you can, it's, it's a tool. You can make it do anything you want it to be, whether if it's a hookup or if it's just how you want to actually find a relationship. And, but, you know, and they say, if you do want to find a relationship, you still have to court a girl on there. It's just, I feel totally. like there's, I, yeah, I feel like there's still a lot of people, or I hope I, this is me just speaking, of course, out of my head that, you know, there's still girls out there who just want to be courted, not to be just, oh, this hookup culture phenomenon, you know, like no. I said, yeah, like I said, it's most a tool. Like, women want to be courted. Sure. Most women want a relationship. Um, I'm not saying all women, but all my clients do. And I actually have to help them be able to say with their with when they're out on their first few dates, listen, this is what I'm looking for. And if it's not what you're looking for, I'm not judging you, yeah. but I'm also not wasting my time. You know, like if you are just looking for a hookup or you don't want to get serious and you're not looking for like a, a full-time partner, that's great. I respect that, but that's not for me. And women are afraid to say that. They'll be like, oh, the guy is perfect, but I don't want to say that because he I might lose him. And I'm like, honey. If saying that you're going to lose him, then he's not perfect. He's yeah, not yeah. the right guy. You got to get somebody who's on the same, you know, trajectory as you are. Sure. But I, listen, I have an 80 year old. I've had an 80 year old client and an 86 year old client that I've put on match. Nice. Because 
I, there's there aren't there's not a lot of ways to go. Yeah, I mean it's a new I thing. Mean, if you want to meet somebody, especially with COVID, you know, I was a single guy during COVID. Mm-hmm. And it sucks, you know. Right. You know, being by yourself and single, and that you know the dating apps are another tool. Like I said, just to put yourself yeah. out there and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I used to say, I mean, and I, you know, I have a lot of women clients who will manifest their perfect man, which I do work on with them. It's not like I'm against that, but it's like, honey, the pizza man's, it's not like a pizza man. He's not going to knock on your door and say, I'm here. You know, (laughs) I got that memo. Where's Waldo? I got that memo. I'm here. You have to manifest and you have to do the work. Yeah. And you have to get out there and you have to put yourself out there and you got to look at all the men. You got to, you know, Men and women, you got to kiss a lot of frogs and that's okay. Okay. You just got to, you got to get in there. You got to, you know, I, I was always active on it. Like you, it's like a job, but that's okay. Make, make it fun. You know, I have to help my clients get over every excuse for why they're not on it or why they're not successful on it. And they're just excuses. I'm like, Get get yourself into an excuse free zone and see what will happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Real quick, I know we're kind of getting short on time here, but you know, you touched on manifestation real quick, and what I'm getting is that you know, I just came literally yesterday back from a little golfing bachelor party at the beach with uh, all my friends, and that you know, we had one of those deep talks outside on the beach. We're all drinking beers and stuff, and so mm-hmm. and like we were kind of talking about, just, do you believe in manifestation or not? And I was just wanting to get your thoughts on it and see what, I, know, I felt like you do based on our I do believe on it, but I don't believe that um, you can manifest without putting in action. Sure. Together. I will tell you that I'm very successful with, I have a, an alarm on my phone that goes off at 11, 11 in the, you know, 11, 11 in the morning. Sure. I'm not up at 11, 11 at night. And 1111 is a very um, spiritual infinity kind of a thing, right? So the alarm goes off at 1111 and hopefully I can do it right then and there. I just stop and I close my eyes and I think about one thing that I really want. And I think about it and I say it like I already have it. I am so grateful that my client list is so full or that I gave this speech and it went so well and thank you universe. And then I actually feel the feelings. So I don't just manifest as if it happened, but I get the feelings involved. And once I feel like, let's just say for argument's sake, you financial, you want more money. Mm-hmm. I sit there and I picture green dollar bills flying down all over my body. And oh my God, I feel amazing. And thank you, universe. I'm so excited that I've gotten this windfall of money. And I keep it up every single day. I don't change tomorrow. I don't like manifest something different. I stay with the one thing every day at 1111 until it comes to me. Could be a week, could be a month, could be six months. But I don't move on until that experience has come and I've gotten it and then I move on. Mm, I like it. Makes sense. You stick with it. It's a fun tool. Yeah. That's exactly what we all in my group uh, concluded on that, you know, you can say all the things you want to, but you actually got to put in some type of work in order to. Yeah. You just can't sit at home 
like you said, just watching Netflix and waiting for somebody to come drop off a bag of money. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Or the pizza man to be your, your, there you go. That's what it was. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was just because my, my buddy, you know, uh, he said he actually, and this was way before he knew the girl. He's like, Hey, I'm going to marry that girl. And you know, we knew of her, but they were never really dated or did anything. And then like, he called it and like, you know, they already got married. And it was like, what? right. So yeah. So um, that, like, there is something yeah, to happened. it. My older son had met this woman and he was going to meet her. He met her one weekend and we were all together. He happened to meet her. Then he said, I'm flying to LA to meet her and I'm bringing her back. And he did. Impressive. They're married. He had two kids. Now they have three kids. I mean, he set out and he did exactly what he said he was going to do. Wow. Love yeah. It. So it does happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think it's where a lot of confusion though gets that you can believe in it, but you still got to put a little work into it yourself and just not sit there and do nothing. It, no, it's not. Yes, exactly. But I do think manifesting puts out into the, into the universe, the right energy. That's why you match the feelings with it because the universe wants to bring you what you want. Sure. It has to just know what you want. Sure. So like my partner doesn't, I don't know if he still doesn't, but he didn't believe in manifesting and he didn't believe because he didn't want to be disappointed. You know, he didn't want to like, you know, wish for something and then have it not, and then be disappointed. So he like, he lowered his expectations, but that doesn't work. Then you get, you get lower, you know, you get what you think about, exactly. so think about what you really want put it out in the universe. And, you know, I'm, I don't want to beat that dead horse anymore, but again, real quick that uh, I wanted to ask you about this since you said it in the beginning about Kilimanjaro, that how was that? I mean, was that, uh, I watched 14, I think it's called 14 Peaks on Netflix and that one guy climbs all 14 mountains. I don't know if you've heard of it, but yeah, real quick though. I mean, was it awesome? That's always, I kept in the back I of my head like, oh, I want to do this. Yeah, I highly, highly recommend it. It's that, I mean, here's the thing. You have to train for it. It's okay. not, it's, it's, it's. It's mainly the altitude. So number one, don't ever go and do it without taking Diamox. And Diamox is a, um, it's really a diuretic, but it's for altitude. Like I live in Aspen, Colorado. So when people come to visit me that aren't used to being here, sure. they take Diamox for a couple of days before they come. And then a few days when they first get here. Okay. And I mean, when I was on my trip in, in Kilimanjaro, there was like a 22 year old stud muffin, you know, like this young guy really like probably, you know, PT 101 or, or, okay. um, you know, any, any of the, I forgot what you just said you do, but CrossFit. Uh, what was it? CrossFit. Yeah. CrossFit. Yeah. All of those. And I mean, literally he was this, but he didn't take the Diamox. And not only was he vomiting up blood by the time he got to the top, wow. but two Sherpas had to help him down. Oh, I mean, geez. and all he probably had to do was take the Diamox, but he was like too cool and too, too ego driven. Yeah. Yeah. So you do have to train. I trained really well for six months and I would, you know, hike, every single day with a backpack with 25 pounds on my back and all of those things. And if you don't live in altitude, I'd go and stay in altitude and hike for a week or two if you can. Um, but it's a great challenge. And for me, it was a huge 
I still got it. I can still do hard things. I can trust myself and my body. And um, I truly recommend it highly. Now, I'm a firm believer in that you have to challenge yourself in order to keep growing and knowing what you're made of and finding out, yeah, what you want to do. In yeah, there. bigger, better, braver. Love it. So, uh, if people want to find you or you want to promote your book or plug all that stuff, go ahead and do all that good stuff. So my book is Bigger, Better, Braver, Conquer Your Fears, Embrace Your Courage, and Transform Your Life. And everything, I, I offer a free discovery call to see if coaching is something you'd want to do. I have a free chapter of my first book. Um, everything's on my website. It's also going to be in your show notes. But nancypicardlifecoach.com is my website. Uh, Nancy Picard Life Coach is social media, Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, um, LinkedIn, everything. I have online courses. I do group coaching and um I have a 20% coupon that I think you should have also. So if you don't let me know for my course called career strategies for achieving your greatest potential. And it's an online course and it's all videos and, you know, quizzes and exercises. And it's, it's all on a platform online and it's actually for women. That one's only, that one's only for women, but because it's on, um, Jen Connect You, which is a platform just for women. But I'm hoping it actually gets into LinkedIn Learning. It's on, it's it's slotted to be there. So you have a 20% coupon offer on that also to offer your cool. guests. And so that's really everything. Cool. Well, this was great. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. It was great. Okay. Good night, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.